Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay crypto current. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Are you looking for more ways to engage with cryptocurrency during your day and week? One of the best ways is to follow us on our social channels. You can check us out on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok. We even have a private Telegram channel for all of those who check into our weekly Clubhouse sessions. So if you aren't following us yet or had a chance to see our latest content, please give us a follow today. You can find the links to our socials in our show notes and on our website. Today's podcast is brought to you by Request Finance, the all-in-one finance solution built for Web3 businesses. Companies, DAOs, and freelancers use requests to easily manage crypto invoices, salaries, and expenses in a fast, non-custodial, and compliant way. Track, verify, and organize all of your payment requests in a single dashboard. Get automatic notifications and real-time payment statuses with on-chain data. For more information, go to request.finance. Again, that's request.finance. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest that is working on a really interesting project that I think we all could use a lot more help with between crypto invoicing, payroll, expenses, etc. I'm really excited to have Christoph with Request Finance with me today. How are you doing today? <laughs> Hi, Richard. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you for welcoming me. Of course. Uh, we're excited to dive into everything you have going on with Request Finance. But before we do, we'd like to spend some time learning a little bit more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Uh, yeah, a little bit of background. I uh, was actually a CFO, so a finance person in Switzerland. I did that for a few years and then I jumped into the crypto space at the end of 2014. Since then, I've been building crypto projects. So it's been doing uh, money transfers uh, with crypto, then uh, request uh, network. And uh, now uh, together, um, request network is still uh, working quite well and request finance. That is a brand new uh, project for a bit less than two years, particularly helping CFOs. That's really cool. And, you know, being able to work with CFOs, chief financial officers, or chief finance officers, what was that transition from Web 2 to Web 3.0? Like, what made you want to come over into the crypto space? <laughs> so, that's actually an interesting topic. I think I got bored and fatalist a little bit about the banking system. <laughs> and so, that when I discovered that there's a new system, so I'm especially interested in the technology. And I understood there's a new system that works pretty well, where you can send money from a country to another in a few seconds for just a little fees. It's actually got me uh, really interested. And that's uh, where I started really to build in the space. And then especially for CFOs, so CFOs are struggling a lot when it comes to reconciliate payments. So basically they have a list of payments on the right and they have a list of invoices on the left. And they don't know how to match them to each other, especially if it's the same amount. So with the blockchain, it actually becomes much more powerful and it saves a lot of time, especially for finance persons. That makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting that that was your path into 
crypto and Web3. That, that was mine as well. What really piqued my curiosity is when I learned about a friend who was converting their money in the Philippines and sending it back to the US. And it took minutes and only cost a couple of dollars. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, so, I'm hooked. So you're looking into this, you start to learn more about how you can transition from being in Web 2.0 over into Web 3.0 and you come up with the premise around or, or get to a point where you start to work with a couple of different companies and you eventually get to work with Request, Request Finance. Tell us a little bit about that journey and then how mm-hmm. was Request Finance created? I've been in the space for many years and I've been playing the role of a CFO as well. I realized that even though the technology is awesome and it's the technology of the future, there are still CFOs, including myself at the time, who are spending way too much time doing and managing payments. And we had built a request network. We're still building it, actually, a technology for payment requests. And we understood that using this technology to build request finance is actually uh, super useful, especially because request finance is helping CFOs with salary payments in crypto, with invoice payment in crypto, and uh, very soon with expense payment in crypto. So it's actually all kind of payments that necessitate a payment request. And then uh, if you look at it, you've got, uh, for example, a CFO at a very big Web3 company. You take the top 20 on uh, CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap, and we, we've got uh, most of them as clients. And they basically, instead of spending 10 to 30 hours a month uh, managing payments, making payments uh, with their wallets and then trying to figure out which payment correspond to which invoice, they now save up to 30 hours a month. So it's, uh, it's what really is interesting. And so I'm solving my own problem, right? But it feels especially good when there are many others, like hundreds of other finance people who are saving time. So that's basically what we sell today is uh, you want to save time and you are a finance person in the crypto world, then we definitely can help. Definitely. And to your point with that, with a lot of the things in crypto all being on a public ledger, you're able to go and get a lot of this information and helping to decipher a lot of where all the money is moving, where things are coming from and being able to help speed up that process. Like you said, 30 hours, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of billable hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. That is helping yeah, to save both time. The CFO money. is expensive, right? <laughs> so the oh, people, they, they are like uh, quite smart people and they should not be doing a repetitive task. It's so cumbersome. So you can use the blockchain to save money. It makes sense, uh, especially compared to Swift. You, you will save a lot of money if you do international transfers. But you can also use it to save uh, time. And basically, it's uh, it's still around manual work. If you do anything that is manual, you just should be focusing on how to do things in a smarter way. And there are some products that are built uh, to help, uh, like Request Finance, of course. Right. And this spans to your target audience. It could be DAOs, freelancers, Mm -hmm. people who are just working in the crypto space in general. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the... cool piece about this is the ability to be able to pay people and a lot of these altcoins. So on the website, it, 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 it talks about how there's 150 cryptos and stable coins yeah. that you can work with in 18 different blockchains, ecosystems. I mean, that's, that's pretty robust. Can you talk through mm-hmm. that a little bit more? Yeah. So we actually, we add new networks like Polygon Network or Phantom Network or the Near Protocol. We add them when we got clients who really need this network. And then we add the 
cryptocurrencies when we have a client uh, who needs the cryptocurrency. So that's why well, if you look at uh, the different currencies, uh, most of the people are actually paying either in their crypto native uh, token. So the sandbox is going to pay uh, invoices in sand token and also in stable coins. So that's why we ended up with 150 cryptocurrencies on uh, yeah, more than 15 different payment networks. Uh, so we connect with those networks, which means that uh, if you make a payment on Polygon or if you make a payment on Ethereum, we're going to tell you exactly uh, what invoice corresponds to uh, this payment. That's where you save a lot of time as well. Then you just uh, like uh, you upload to a traditional bookkeeping software and you upload the information that is easy to read by the bookkeeping software. She's also another struggle that we help with. Right. I, I'm sure trying to deal with all these different offboarding uh, softwares, whether it be QuickBooks or some of the other popular mm. ones out there, it's its own can of worms. But something else that's important for a lot of people is uh, the non-custodial part of it, right? You want things to be safe and secure. If you're going to be yeah. sending money, you want to make sure that it's going to safely get there or you're not somehow susceptible to being hacked yourself. What are some things that y'all put in place to make sure that everything is secure? So we take safety extremely seriously. Uh, so we, uh, we are making huge efforts to help uh, the issuers to receive money on uh, their wallet, wallet and the payers to pay with many different wallets. So today you can pay with more than 150 wallets. So for example, if you have uh, 15 invoices to pay, you pay 15 invoices in one click if you have any of those 150 wallets. Which means actually we are being non-custodial, exactly like you explained. So we, you can receive money on almost all wallets out there. We're speaking about uh, hundreds, if not thousands of wallets. And you can pay with 150. But we don't provide the wallet. Uh, we just adapt to yours. And I think Web3 is a lot about interoperability. And being non-custodial is actually a way to show that we want interoperability with most other wallets. Uh, also with most other startups and uh, companies or dApps uh, in the ecosystem. That's uh, one of the promise. We're already building a, a request finance on top of a few uh, DeFi technologies. And, uh, and basically, it's uh, just the beginning. If you look at everything that's popping up these days, like I mean, whatever the market, if it's bull or bear, there's many builders, uh, like uh, what we are seeing at conferences, like at uh, CC you basically see that there are many, many builders and it's uh, getting faster and faster. So we want to build together with other systems. So a lot of interoperability and uh, being non-custodial, and that's very good for security. So of course, we always audit our contracts before uh, releasing them. We always um, make things seriously. We pay bounties. Uh, if uh, people manage to find anything, we basically uh, also help our customers. So sometimes our customers, they are web two finance people and they end up in the Web3 world because they see they kind of passionate. And so, for example, we help them to avoid double payments. So, you know, if you use a MetaMask wallet, for example, once in a while, you're going to make double payment. But when you make a double payment to a provider and not to yourself, it's sometimes hard to get the money back. So we help with right. that. And it's, um, it's a very good surprise for our users uh, today when they realize that we help them because we notice that uh, they might be paying twice for an invoice. So there are many things that we help with in terms of security, very important for us. And it's essential. And I think one of the other pieces that you were speaking on is how important interoperability is as well. As the builders keep coming, there's more and more ecosystems that are going to, to be here and being able to support each of them 
on their own native chains and working with that is very important. And it also just helps with building really good community. And it, it, it helps with being able to provide easy access for, you know, a CFO that just comes from Web 2.0, immediately going to this new Web 3.0, still trying to figure out everything. And now they're having to figure out how all of these different ecosystems work. I'm sure it can feel very overwhelming. You know, what are some of the ways uh, that you are going about trying to help transition uh, these CFOs from Web 2.0 over into Web 3.0? Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join cryptocurrency Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Yeah, so we we are very close to our customers and people using the product. So we have a customer support 24 hours, almost seven days a week because we are on many different continents. And uh, I think we, the, the people in the team are in 14 different countries. So that helps to be close to customers. But more than that, and more than just talking with them, making calls and explaining what the best solution for them. So sometimes you just need to help them understand what is the best solution uh, to them, even if it's not a request finance in the short term. And there is something that helps especially well. It's a club that we've uh, launched where currently there's like a bit more than 50 CFOs, 50 CFOs of uh, top Web3 companies, most of them being uh, Web3 unicorns. It's called Web3CFO.club. So this group, uh, Web3CFO.club, is actually a Slack group where uh, people work together, share with each other their challenges. Uh, and uh, basically you end up uh, having um, an on-ramp to the crypto space, special for CFOs. Which is really great that you're creating this mm -hmm. community and we learn through working through each other right working through challenges and then saying like i don't understand how to do this has anyone faced this or encountered this and being just have someone be like yes I actually solved this last week here's some steps you can take is is extremely powerful how have you seen web 3.0 cfos be able to come together to help make not just their own community stronger but help each other uh, be stronger like how how are you seeing the the communities basically just from like the comparison from web 2.0 to web 3.0 would you say that it is more welcoming would you say it's more mm -hmm. free-flowing of information definitely. like how would you describe that definitely more open more welcoming so you see cfos of projects which could seem competitors i, I think competition does not really exist uh, the same way as in web 2 first so those People building in the Web3 space, they see themselves as uh, building something the open way. The open way means uh, they are able to share about uh, what they need and their needs and their challenges. 
uh, Web3 CFOs have uh, challenges that are not easy because uh, uh, there's not uh, millions of CFOs in the Web3 space yet. And so, so they help each other. They got knowledge from many different countries and uh, they able to help each other even if there seems to be some competition. What I, I'd like to emphasize about competition is that in the Web3 the web space, we speak a lot about decentralization. I think decentralization means being against centralization. And it's not only, I mean, sometimes centralization might be needed. Uh, however, Web3 for sure is about interoperability. So that's the biggest uh, potential of the Web3 industry. And so it's not only technically, so yes, it, it happens technically, there is interoperability, but also in the mindset of people. That's what we see between the different companies, the different finance persons where they cooperate with each other. And we can talk about the cooperative competition that plays in favor of the users, so in favor of the clients. So basically where user experience is king, if, especially if uh, the Web3 companies help each other. And then the Web3 market is going to grow fast and um, aspire even more uh, from the Web2 market. I would say just overall, the Web3 community is way more open, wants you to be mm. successful. And, and even though competition is healthy, mm. we are all building in the same direction. And something I think is cool about what you're creating with uh, Request Finance and being able to do all these different ways, people forget how important it is to keep your books in line, to keep your accounting mm. in check, to be able to send people money and pay people in money. Because we live in a decentralized world in a lot of ways where a lot of people are working and have workers all across the world. And now you have a way to be able to pay them directly in the cryptocurrency of their choice or even fiat if you want. And now you have a mm -hmm. path to getting that done. So for someone that's listening to this and whether they're their own business owner, they're a freelancer that's hoping that they can start getting paid in crypto, walk us through like, what does that process look like for being able to use Request Finance? So quite simple, actually you've got two situations. Either you are issuing invoices and you want to get paid in crypto. Actually, it works as well for salaries. So you could be like requesting a salary payment or you are paying invoices in crypto and it works uh, the same for paying salaries in crypto. Um, so basically, in the first case, you want to get paid. You just sign up to uh, on a request.finance, the website, and in a few clicks, uh, you end up sending an invoice that's uh, encrypted uh, but still on the blockchain. And then uh, the person is going to receive it and in one click can pay it. So I let you imagine how fast you're getting paid when you're using a product like Request Finance. Uh, then the uh, second case is uh, you are paying invoices. So like the Sandbox or Phantom or Polygon team, basically they pay hundreds of invoices. And if you are paying invoices, you just send a, a link to the invoice issuers, so all your providers, all your freelancers and independent people working for the product, you ask them to follow this link to create an invoice. Once they do, you have a dashboard with all your invoices in one place. And you just one click away from paying all of them and having a triple entry accounting, but for your invoices. So basically on each invoice, uh, the invoices comes from the blockchain, it's uh, marked as paid. So you have the reconciliation with the payment. You also have the link of the payment in there. So it's uh, basically very, very good user experience. And then uh, also 
you feel good <laughs> because as a company owner, basically, if you have an invoice for every payment that you have, it's much better than sending uh, Etherscan links or Polygon scan links. So basically, the accountants tend to be very afraid if you do that. Uh, now that you have invoices, uh, you just feel great because you are using the most compliant solution that makes you a compliant company. So your accountant is happy. He's uh, receiving information the same way he's used to receive information. Auditors are happy. Authorities are happy. It's actually quite a good feeling. Definitely. And it, it makes everything more legitimized. It, it does it in the most yeah. compliant way. And it's more efficient mm. as well. Yeah. So I appreciate you explaining a couple of different scenarios of how people would use this. And, you know, for people who are looking to learn more about this, uh, you can, of course, go to request.finance to get more information on that. Uh, but are, what are some other ways that people would be able to learn more and be able to connect? So, the, uh, of course, the website request.finance, of course, uh, web3cfo.club for uh, CFOs. Other than that, Twitter. I'm trying to be active on Twitter myself, uh, request finance as well. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Perfect. And Christoph, as we wrap up here, man, I always like to finish with a couple of fun questions. And mm. the first one I like to come up with is you, you've, you've now been in the space for eight years. A lot of people are entering it for the first time, have never experienced a bear market. They're now going through it for the first time. You have been through several. For people who are just entering this space, like if, if you could give yourself some uh, one to two pieces of advice when you first got started back in 2014, what wisdom would you impart to yourself? Uh, so I'm not saying I did things very well or perfectly myself, but I realized that the best decisions, especially the trading decisions, um, but also like which tool you're going to use, like many things come from thinking and not from uh, media attention. So basically, uh, marketing, communication, uh, basically, uh, uh, buzz on uh, Twitter and social media are good for the project, but they are not good for your own thinking. So try. So I would say that it's uh, important to try to think your own way, have your own decision framework, even prepare how you're going to make the decision and then get the information to make this decision. And then you make the decision. So you can apply this to to investments, you can apply this to uh, which uh, application you're going to use for your the payment of your invoices. You can apply this for many different things, but if you have a decision framework first, it's really going to help. And uh, that's why people make better decisions in the bear market. But in the bear market, people are a little bit afraid. And that's when you are rational in this uh, emotional environment that you make uh, good decisions. So again, I'm not inciting uh, anyone to invest, trade, or do anything. Right. Uh, saying that thinking is best before acting. Absolutely. I think that is a great gem, uh, a great reminder. Come up with your own thesis. Don't follow the hype trains. Make sure that you have done your own research before you. Mm. you But um, Christoph, I appreciate that. What is a final thought that you want to leave with everyone here today? Maybe one thought is it's a great opportunity to build. When when we are in the bear market, I hope the bear market is going to stay for a short while so that we we can focus on building. It's, uh, it's really now that uh, things are starting to happen. I mean, even worldwide, uh, there's a, a downturn and it's a huge opportunity for the builders. So don't hesitate. This is the time. So builders keep building. You heard it from Christoph himself. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Everyone listening, make sure you go check out uh, Request Finance and that's at request.finance. And again, appreciate you spending some time with us. And for everyone listening, make sure you stay cryptocurrent. 
Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. For today's review, we're highlighting two separate listeners. First up, we have Robbie RN, who said, great information, and I'm already learning a lot. Second, we got Sakels, who said, this podcast honestly helped to make crypto so much easier. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews, and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.